Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Zaslo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike, Anna Jar and Levine, accident attorneys, 800-747-3, that's 800-747-3733, title sponsors from day number one, no, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anna Jarn Levine, Accident Attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jarn Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslo Show 2.0. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslo Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Friday, the 1st of March. Good to have you aboard, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and presented as always by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorney, 800-747-3, 800-747-3733. It is a Friday. We did it, everybody. We made it to the end of the week. The weekend is about to get going. And what better time to make sure that all of your wagering needs are taken care of? That's right. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today to become part of the team. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, the game starts here. So we are finally into the month of March, which is great because February sucks. That month blows. It's the worst sports month. February and July, terrible sports months. Now that we're in March, okay, You got the NBA, we're starting to get ready. We got the NHL starting to get ready for Stanley Cup playoffs. We're getting closer to the NFL draft. You got Major League Baseball spring training. The season starts at the end of the month. And you got March Madness. So everything is kicking into another gear. Great month, the month of March. Glad to have you aboard here on Zaslow Show 2.0. Here's what we got going on today. So... 
It's a Friday. Obviously, I got to let you know what the big games and what the not big games are. So, we got that coming up for you. And, hey, we got a huge pro wrestling weekend. AEW Revolution is Sunday night. Alex Marvez, AEW reporter, also SiriusXM NFL radio host, used to cover the Dolphins, Miami Herald, down here forever. So, we're going to get Marvez on the show. We'll talk some NFL. We'll get his thoughts about Tua, uh, possible contract extension. We'll talk about the Bears, what they're going to do in the draft, what they're going to do, Caleb Williams, Justin Fields. And we'll talk about Sting's retirement match this Sunday night at AEW Revolution, where, of course, he will be there in uh, in Greensboro, North Carolina. So we'll get Marvez on the show, but let's start out with a little bit of what happened last night. So, great sports night last night overall. Even though the Miami Heat lost, there's a bigger picture there. We'll get to that. But as far as NBA action, yeah, the Bucks beat the Hornets 111-99 last night. The Bucks have now, they won either four or five in a row since the All-Star break. So they may be starting to get it going, but here's the thing. Their last two wins, it's not exactly the 96 Bulls. Both of them are against the Hornets. So can, can you beat a decent team? And I know tonight they're in Chicago. Again, that team sucks. So they're starting to pull together wins, which is what I told Don't be fooled by the rope I'm not fooled. The rope is the Milwaukee Bucks, who, by the way, even after the 3-7 start for Doc Rivers, still had a really good record. They were 30-13 when they fired Adrian Griffin. Any team with Giannis Antetokounmpo and Damian Lillard is going to win a ton of regular regular season games. Why? Because you're playing terrible teams throughout the course of 82 games, as just witnessed by back-to-back wins over the Charlotte Hornets. Different story when you get to the postseason. I do not buy the box. The Warriors beat the Knicks last night, 110-99. We take note of Jalen Brunson did return for New York. We take note of that because it means that he did not lose any ground on number four, New York. And probably the game of note last night, outside the Heat and Nuggets, you would look at the Spurs and Thunder. Why are we looking at Spurs and Thunder? Spurs beat the Thunder, 132-118. Now, not that that means the Spurs are doing anything, but that's the best win of the year for a terrible Spurs team. And you had the duel, Wembanyama versus Chet Holmgren. And Wembanyama was amazing. So, I, I think Wembanyama's wrapped up Rookie of the Year. I understand you could say, hey, Chet Holmgren, his team's near first place in the Western Conference. It should be him. They're not first because of Chet Holmgren. They're first because they have a really good team. I mean, does anybody believe that if you didn't put Wembanyama on the Thunder, they'd still be in the same spot? Like, we're not talking about MVP, most valuable player, all right? If, if you're doing MVP... You want to go with the player who's near the top of the standings. We're just talking about Rookie of the Year. We're talking about who's having a better Rookie of the Year. And the answer is Victor Wembanyama. I think he's going to run away with Rookie of the Year. So that right there is what happened last night. Let's get to the heat. So I think last night was still a great night, even though we couldn't get another double dip. So we had the Panthers at 7 last night. That game ends. Then we got the Heat at 10 o'clock. And by the way, I got to just chill. Chill with my Johnny Cuba on the Zaslow Mansion family room couch. Sipping my Johnny Cuba in my underwear, of course, watching the games because we didn't work last night. I'm back on ESPN Radio tonight, 7 to 10 p.m., filling in for Amber Wilson. So I'll be on with Ian Fitzsimmons. I was on with him last week. That was the first time I hosted with Ian. We had a great time. We'll have a great time again tonight. 
So join us, 7 to 10 p.m. tonight, ESPN Radio, Amber and Ian, myself, and Ian Fitzsimmons will lead you into the evening, help you get your weekend going. The Heat, though, last night, they lose in Denver, 103-97. And I think the best way to describe what happened here, SportsCenter Update anchor ESPN Radio Kevin Winter sent me and Amber Wilson a message on Twitter last night. He's a big Boston guy, big Celtics fan. Not everybody's perfect. He sends a message last night, this team won't go away. That's the best way to describe what took place last night in Denver. Because there were plenty of times the Nuggets, they're up double figures in the first half. They go back up double figures late in the third quarter, early fourth quarter. And the Heat keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. The Miami Zombies. And that's exactly what's going to happen in the postseason. So while the Heat couldn't complete the sweep of this road trip, which I think would have led to everyone talking about the Miami Heat, that they're ready to go, they're doing it again, the point is they are inevitable. The Miami Heat are going to be right where they are supposed to be when we get to the postseason. And that's right there with the big boys in the Eastern Conference Finals. There is not a single doubt in my mind that the Miami Heat are not going to be exactly where they're supposed to be come the postseason. Can't be mad about that loss. They played so tough. They're going to be so ready for the playoffs. Tremendous road trip. 3-1 and one road trip. Wins at New Orleans, Sacramento, and Portland. Two of those three are great wins. And the other one, Portland, was the second night of a back-to-back. And then you can add in road wins. See, people want to tell you it's a six-game trip. It was six straight road games. It's not a six-game trip. The first two games came before the All-Star break. And they won those as well. At Milwaukee and at Philadelphia. So, five straight wins. They were all on the road. And they finished this road trip at 3-1. and one. Excellent job. You cannot be mad about that game last night. We all know the Nuggets are better. We all know the Nuggets are the world champs. But the Heat were right there toe-to-toe. Down by two late in the game. Uh, was it, and they were down by four, right? Rozier, Rozier was, Rozier was good in the fourth quarter. Look, he's shooting the ball terrible since he got to the heat. But for me, I'm not even mad at the poor shooting from Rozier. Rozier (coughs) airballed a three with 30 seconds left. I think we were down by four at the time. Rozier airballs a three, by the way, after... Knocking down two shots, two tough shots, the previous two possessions to bring us within two. He is clearly gassed from being hurt and returning. End of the game, end of the trip. He really didn't have his legs on threes. I'm not even mad he took that shot. I'm so enthused with the massive improvement at that position. That, you know what? Would I have rather Jimmy Butler have the ball in that spot? Yes. But... Just the fact that we have another threat at that position. A guy who creates, can handle the ball, can hit big and tough shots. What a massive improvement over that bum that we had playing that position before. I'm not even mad that Rozier took that shot last night. He had 19 points. He shot just 6 of 15 from the floor. But again, another big fourth quarter for Rozier. At a bio, 22 points and 8 rebounds, which is good going up against Jokic. And Butler, 21 points and 7 rebounds. 
it really did seem like they were running out of gas. But again, they they wouldn't go away. Just was just were right there at the very end. And for all the talk about is is there a problem with the league that the competition committee is going to talk about? Will they address all the scoring? Games are in the one thirties. Games are in the one forties. I think it's way overstated for a couple reasons. The first reason is. It's not going to be like this when it matters, and that's the postseason. You're not going to have games in the 130s. The game slows down. It's more of a half-court game. The defense is going to tighten up. The game's going to be slower. Possessions are going to be valued more. But the best way to stop games from being played in the 130s and 140s, play some defense. Play defense. And you look at the Miami. Now, I'm not saying that teams don't play defense, but you can defend better and you're going to slow down these teams because we know how great an offensive team Denver is. Look at the Miami Heat defense in these last six games where they just went 5-1. and one. They allowed 97 points, 104, 95, 110, 96, and now 103 last night to Denver. The league average this year is 115. The most points the Heat have allowed in these last six games, was five points below the league average, and they held three of those six teams to under 100. Defend. Just defend. That's what it comes down to. Can't be mad about that game. Jokic is impossible. He is. He is the most improbable best player in the league, maybe ever, right? He is so far and away the best player. And... You know, they needed a big basket last night. I think when the Heat pulled within two. And he had Jokic with the, you know, the hook shot in the paint from 10 feet. Just makes it look so easy. As if Bam is not a great defender. But I'm super pumped with this team right now where they're at. Three and one on this trip. The only game they lose the last one at the World Champ Nuggets. And you look at the standings. The schedule is going to get a lot easier now. This was a hard part of the schedule. The schedule is going to get a lot easier now. Yes, the Heat have dropped back to 8th place, technically. They're one loss back of number 4. They're one loss back of 4 and 5. And they're even in the loss column with Orlando and Indiana. So, they could have jumped to 4 last night. Instead, they dropped to 8. In the next couple days, they could be sitting right there at 4. I'd be. They're going to jump Philadelphia. I, I have a hard time believing they're not going to outplay Orlando down the stretch here. Indiana could be back and forth. I mean, they just score so much, but they also don't defend the Pacers. I think the Heat are going to finish number five. Maybe four, but I think they're going to finish number five. So, I'm very pleased with where the Heat are right now. Now, talking about pleased, you can't play great every game. But you could still win when you're a great team. And that's the Florida Panthers. That's You know what I'm talking about. You also know what I'm talking about. When you go to SheetsGiggles.com, you're getting the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets around. SheetsGiggles.com, the only place the Zaslow family get their bed sheets from. I got the eucalyptus pillowcases, the blankets, the comforter, the bed sheets. I got I sleep, I put, I put this beautiful head down on a eucalyptus pillow every single night, and I, I sleep so good. If you need a new mattress, what better time than now to get yourself a eucalyptus mattress? That's right. And my man Colin, the founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles, he's found a way for us to get the best sleep of our lives while also making it environmentally friendly. And if you go to SheetsGiggles.com, you can get 20% off your first order. 
all you got to do is enter promo code Zazlow. That's right, Z-A-S-L-O-W. Enter promo code Zazlow. You'll get 20% off your first order. If you're thinking about getting a new mattress right now, you can get 20% off that mattress. We know mattresses aren't cheap unless you go to SheetsGiggles.com. The only place you're going to shop and you're going to become one of over 100,000 Americans who are sleeping on Sheets and Giggles and never turning back. SheetsGiggles.com, promo code Zazlow, SheetsGiggles.com, your Florida Panthers. Another thriller in overtime shootout last night. So the Panthers come out yesterday. They welcome Montreal to town. Canadian stink. You always get a decent, well, now it's decent. It used to be a great contingent. But the Panther fan is packing that building on a nightly basis. So you know you're going to have a decent amount of Canadian fans there. But it was the Panthers who got on the board first. It was the captain. Right. That's right. Here comes Barkov and Reinhardt. Barkov's got it. He shoots. He scores. Sasha Barkov continues to dominate Montreal. And it's 1-0. Another defensive breakdown by the Canadians. They're trying to be aggressive in the neutral zone. And that bouncing puck. And the Panthers are third Odd man rush two-on-one so far here in this first period, and Alexander Barkov gets his 14th of the season. 14th goal of the season for Sasha Barkov. That's what we're talking about. The Panthers get on the board one nothing. A sniper right under the armpits, glove side of, the goal, of Sam Montembeau, former Panther goalie. That's right. So the Panthers go up one nothing. Late in the first period, though, the Canadians would tie it. We go to the second period, and still looking... For goal number 40, the Panthers were on the power play. It was Sam Reinhardt. Here's Kachuk. Barkov, Kachuk in front. Reinhardt's got it! Call of Sammy, 40! 40 goal season for Sam Reinhardt. The fourth Panther ever to reach 40 goals. You could just feel it. The Panthers had so many shots and chances on their power play. And this one here, the execution was absolutely perfect. 23rd power play goal of the season for Reinhardt. Goal number 40 on the power play. The Panthers take the lead. Such a stupid finish to the second. There's uh, uh, like two seconds left in the period. It's a faceoff in the Panthers zone. Kevin Stenland can't win the faceoff. The draw goes a perfect face-off win for Montreal, and they score with seven-tenths of a second left. It's 2-2. Then the Panthers would go down 3-2 in the third. They're in big trouble until about uh, like six or seven minutes remaining in the game. The Panthers, they're down a goal, and they're shorthanded. Sam Reinhardt doesn't care about being shorthanded. Steal by Barkov. Canadians have some players back. Here comes Reinhardt, gets by Caulfield. Sam Reinhardt shoots. He scores! Sam season he is just so lethal oh yeah another shorthanded goal for Reinhardt I guess his fourth or fifth shorthanded goal this year 41st goal of the season he's got a power play goal a shorthanded goal they tie the game with a shorty now you knew the Panthers were gonna win so they go to overtime nothing doing there we get to the overtime shootout now and in the third round it's Anthony Stolarz in goal not Bobrovsky in the third round, the Canadians need a goal to tie it, uh, or the game's over. They score, 
And then it's up to Anton Lundell with a chance to win it. Lundell. Looking to give the Panthers the extra point, Lundell. In on Montembeau. What a move and let's go home, baby! The Panthers do it again! Another victory! 4-3, the final. Let's go home, baby! That's how it's done. The Panthers win 4-3 in the overtime shootout. Back in first place. A tie for first. 84 points overall. Tied with the Boston Bruins, not just for first in the East, but for the President's Trophy, sitting atop the entire National Hockey League. So next up for the Panthers, tomorrow at the Detroit Red Wings. I won't spoil it for you whether or not that's a big game or not a big game. That's coming up. Don't you worry, all right? I'm not going to spoil it for you. But the Panthers, they win again on the home ice. Another treat for the home crowd. That's what I'm talking about. All guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba for your weekend. That's how we're going to sit back. We're going to relax. You go to your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Frescoe, Moss. Make sure you always drink responsibly. And, of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. We got the NFL Combine going on. We got all kind. We got franchise tags are being thrown all over the place with the National Football League, and most notably, some people would say we have AEW Revolution this Sunday night. So joining us now is our pal, so SiriusXM NFL Radio AEW reporter Alex Marvez. Alex, thanks a lot for hanging out with us as always. I know this is a super busy week with the NFL with AEW. Let's start out with a little NFL stuff. And you know what? We'll do a we'll do a local angle here. So it feels like feels like we're days, if not hours, away from finding out about a Tua Tonga Vailoa extension. It seems that both sides are talking there. It certainly doesn't seem like there's any kind of animosity. It feels like they're gonna get it done. Do you have that impression as well? And if so, what do you think that contract can look like? Well, in for a penny, in for a pound, right? And the Miami Dolphins believe Tua Tungvielo is the guy to get them to where they want to be. And that's that first Super Bowl since, well, 1984, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a minute here for this Dolphins squad. So, listen, when, when we're talking about the, the truly elite quarterbacks, and I'm just not ready to put Tua in that category yet, but if we are looking at a deal upwards of $50 million a year, at least it secures the game's most important position for the Dolphins for years to come. Look, we can have the debate some at some point, Zaslow, about whether Tua truly is the guy that can elevate this Dolphins team. I quite honestly felt that there were times last year that he didn't do that. He played great football and, and for so much of it. I mean, listen, he led the NFL in passing and a lot to really like about Tua. But I also think back to the final two minutes of that Tennessee game on Monday night. And I think about where was Tua, like the great quarterbacks would have let a comeback. You know, Tua didn't. And, and the whole offense looked disheveled. You start looking at that game's most important position, like I talk about, it begins with Tua. So down the stretch, he did not play his best football, but the Dolphins are still committed to him. And quite honestly, if you're able to do something contractually that extends him, you're going to get some cap relief. And this is a Dolphins team right now that's really hamstrung. They're over the cap. They don't have any huge free agent plans, to my knowledge, simply because their, their money's tied up elsewhere. So you're going to have to make do with what you have. You're going to have to hope that you can get a little bit more out of this draft, 
than they did last year. Maybe the new coaches will like, you know, Cam Smith a little better than the previous staff, and we'll see how that goes. But I, I, I would think, though, that it behooves everyone to get this contract extension done and secure Tua Tungvaloa for a variety of reasons. Do you think it'd be more risky for if a contract were not agreed upon this offseason? Would it be more risky for Tua or for the team? Um, I, Great question. I mean, in terms of financial loss for Tua, because he's not going to go anywhere the year after. You're talking about a franchise tag here, you know, pretending the offing for the 2025 season. So, Zaslo, let's play this out here. You're looking at, at about, what, $24 million, if I'm not mistaken, for a base salary in 2024. So let's add another $40 million of maybe a little bit more in a franchise tag. So we're talking $60 million here over two seasons. That, that's fantastic, right? But when we're talking about guarantees in excess of $100 million with an extension, knowing that you have generational wealth, that your great-grandkids are still going to be living off what you did on a football field, it's really hard to turn that down. And I hate to say it, but until Tua strings together two, three, four seasons without any more concussions, you know how fragile life in the NFL can be, especially for him. So I think it behooves him to get a deal done, but I also understand his market value. I mean, look, the Dolphins have the leverage here, right? I mean, they really do. I mean, they can play this out. You just don't want to have to have your quarterback dealing with all of the stress of, are you really the guy in South Florida? Oh, and by the way, who would then be getting picking the quarterback in 2025? I mean, are we going to let Chris Greer go through this process again? I mean, he's been holding the general manager position for a while. He feels he has the right guy in Tua. So, you know, if you get, if you truly want Chris Greer to run this team, and I think the Dolphins do, and he wants to sign Tua to an extension, let him do his job, get the money done, and we'll go from there. Alex, what did you make of the player survey, the second annual player survey that came out a few days ago where the Dolphins – we're all the way at the top as far as player rankings. The Kansas City Chiefs were all the way at the bottom. Now, now there was a myriad of different, you know, categories. But what did you make of that? Well, I mean, what it is, is basically a way for the players to complain about their team without having to use their names, right? And you, you see, look, the Dolphins' first-class organization, the way that they're run, right? I can say a lot of things about Stephen Ross, many of them not kind. But the one thing I will tell you is he is not afraid to spend money to make sure that his players, his employees are well taken care of and they have first-class building. I mean, I've been to the new facility, and I call it new because I'm an old guy who used to cover them up in Davie, uh, you know, when everyone was jammed into that, you know, little area at, at you know, Southeastern Nova University or whatever you want to call it. So, I, I mean, it was just different. So, Zaslow, everything's state-of-the-art. When you don't have state-of-the-art stuff, yeah, your facility's not good. And the Chiefs are trying to change this. I mean, they are. They're trying to move forward, get a new building. I've been to the Chiefs facility, and trust me, it's nicer than a lot of them around the league. But I just think that's really what this survey is. I mean, it can be revealing about how you know players feel about a particular coach or a particular owner or just some personal things that go on like, you know, daycare and, and such on game day and things like that, where the players, you know, believe that they're entitled to having this sort of courtesy from their home team. So by releasing the survey, what I think it's done, and I think it's been a very positive development from the NFLPA, it has resulted in changes and it lets team owners know you know, that if you don't make these changes to help the players feel a little bit better about their standing, you're going to get called out publicly and you're not going to look too good. What are you hearing about the Bears? Uh, and and when do you think that we're going to get a resolution, at least on the Justin Fields front? I think when the offer is good enough for Justin Fields, you will get the resolution to this topic. I really believe Caleb Williams will end up being 
the number one player drafted. I do believe that he's going to the Chicago Bears and they will move forward like that. They've seen three years of Justin Fields. Look, I don't know how much better Justin Fields is going to be getting in his NFL career. I would like to think that there's, he still hasn't hit his ceiling. But you know what scared the heck out of me, Zaslow? And you saw the game as well, week 18 against the Green Bay Packers. Chicago was a team that was playing some really good football. Justin Fields was not playing good football in that game. And Green Bay was able to win. I mean, if you held the Packers to 17 points, like the Bears defense did, mm-hmm. think about it, Chicago should have won that game. Instead, the Bears put up nine points. And Justin Fields just was not – he did not look good. He looked confused as to what the Packers were doing defensively. It's one thing if you're a rookie. This is year three, right? And there's only so many times that he's going to be able to make plays with his legs before you start getting an injury history, truly begin to build up with Justin. So, And you saw some of it happen last year when he had to miss some time as well. So I think the Bears are – you know, it, it's not even just the cap relief that you're going to end up getting. It's just a, a new era, right? And now you can build around Caleb Williams, who's a very special college quarterback. I still think – There's some growing up that he has to do in terms of dealing with the media. His approach to the combine is very interesting. I mean, Zaslow, I don't know who his advisors are, so I have no dog in this fight, so to speak. But by saying I'm only going to take physicals for the teams that may draft me, I don't even know if he understands what it is that he's doing. The reason the combine was started was to keep players from having to go to various hospitals when they visited each team. I worked with Gil Brandt for 15 years. Gil was the one who started this because Nolan Cromwell, the longtime Ram safety, came into the Cowboys facility during the pre-draft process with his hands full of medical folders. Every team he went to, he had to go get a physical. And, you know, now with all these teams, they're going to put him through MRIs. They're going to do everything that they can. And that's going to take up a considerable chunk of time. So I'm not saying, look, that this makes Caleb Williams a bad human being or that he's not going to be a great NFL player. I just do think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. Remember how coddled he was at Southern Cal. You'd have a loss by the Trojans, and suddenly Caleb Williams wouldn't be available to talk to the media. It doesn't work like that in the NFL. You have to have some accountability. There are going to be growing pains, but I think this is a Bears team that's really looking to peak in 2025. You know, as they continue to rebuild from being the worst team in football, I think Caleb Williams will be a huge part of it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And what, what do you make when you hear the term generational QB being thrown around in regards to Caleb Williams? I mean, because it's draft season. So, Zaslow, you're going to hear all this hype when it comes to these sorts of things, just like the overreaction to what happens at the NFL scouting combine. Hey, Tavondre Sweat, I am happy that the young man could run 5.27 seconds in the 40 at 366 pounds. But you know what? He's still too big. 366 is too big. You don't survive in the NFL. Just ask Makai Becton, okay? But we have people salivating over the, quote, athleticism of a 366-pound man. We get caught up in all this. I mean, if we need, if you need to go back, look at all the comments made about Zach Wilson. Look at all the comments made uh, about players who just said Sam Darnold. I mean, we can go down the list. There's so many things that go into it. And the thing I worry about for Caleb Williams, quite honestly, is as low as this. You have a coach in Matt Eberflus. Who's to say that his job is guaranteed beyond the season? Right. If Matt Eberflus goes, guess what? 
new offensive coordinator. Yep. Then, you you know, because Shane Walton probably wouldn't be sticking around. So all of a sudden, Caleb Williams in year two has to learn something completely different. And you have maybe even a new general manager. Who knows? So a, a lot of uncertainty there when it comes to that. But the generational quarterback talk, I mean, look, it, honestly, generational quarterback hype can go to someone who led his team to maybe an undefeated season or got his team close to a national championship. Where was Southern Cal last year? Oh, that's right. They weren't close to that at all. Yeah. Uh, Alex, excellent job there with all the NFL, but you also wear another hat, of course. And this Sunday night, we got a really big-time show for AEW. AEW oh. Revolution. I was at Revolution a couple two, two years ago. I went to Revolution in Orlando. The first thing I want to ask you is, like, do we are we able to identify yet, or maybe will we ever identify? Do the AEW pay-per-views, especially like I guess they're the marquee ones, Revolution, all in, all out. Do do is there a weight to each of them? The way that we have WrestleMania coming up, of course, next month. We know that's the biggest. We know Royal Rumble, Survivors, your SummerSlam. Revolution's like one of the OG pay-per-views for AEW. Do any of them mean more than the other on the calendar year yet? I don't think so. I mean, but again, you know, we're so young, it's five years in. And to be honest with you, and I, I don't know the answer to this, and I'm not criticizing anyone, we used, you know, we had a Face of the Revolution ladder match that was a part of, you know, this, this show for years. Now this year, we're not doing it. So I, I don't know, you know, when you think about what the Royal Rumble was, what the Survivor Series was, Elimination Chamber, when it comes to WWE, those are trademark events where you know you're getting a particular type of match. In this case, you know, that's not the case, you know, with Revolution, nor is it the case with a lot of our shows. And maybe it's because we don't want to back ourselves in a corner when it comes to how, you know, the type of product that we're creating. But Zaslow, I heard this this week from someone internally in our company, and I'm not betraying anybody or not going to get fined by Brian Danielson for this. But I do believe that this may end up being the most purchased pay-per-view show that we've had in AEW. I mean, the interest surrounding Sting in his final match is just so great. And what an incredible addition to our company. And I have to give Tony Khan a lot of credit for this. When Sting joined us in 2020, there was a lot of thought, what does he really have left? I mean, he's, he's a 61-year-old man. You know, what can we, with a bad neck, right? I mean, he had to retire because of stenosis. So what are we going to be able to do with him? And not only has he wrestled live, I mean, it wasn't like we did his first match with cinematography, you know, cinematic, but, you know, he wrestled live. He has taken a beating. I mean, he has really gotten some some bad bumps along the way, and yet he keeps coming back, and he has continued to wrestle, and he has re truly remained the icon. And I just think what we have coming up on Sunday is so special. And what's awesome about it, Zaslo, is this combination of nostalgia. I've heard some big names who are going to be at our show. I'm not going to spill the beans. I want it to be a surprise for our fans. But I've heard some big names from the past are going to be there. So you get to see them, and you get to relive that, but you also get to be in the present, right? which is Sting calling it a career. And this is really it for him. I mean, he is done. This is the final time you're going to see him wrestle. We do hope he comes by from time to time, but he's not, there are no plans. I understand that, it, you know, of him like being the commissioner or something like that going forward. So if you want to see the icon for the final time, you want to say your own personal goodbye, you know, by the pay-per-view or try to get a ticket in Greensboro. It's not easy, Zaslo. We've sold more than 16,000 seats. Now I'm a huge fish fan. They hold the record there, 23,000 people. We're not going to do that. 
Okay. But I can tell you, we do have the biggest, one of the biggest crowds we've ever had at AEW. And I think one of the biggest, if not the biggest show of all time on pay-per-view. I I did not know that about you. So I I will spend a moment on that with you for a moment here. I've seen fish a bunch of times, maybe, maybe six or seven times. Uh, And I get, I haven't seen them in a while, but I could tell you that. And I, I love concerts. I go to concerts all the time. I've never seen people who enjoy something more than fish fans at a fish show. Yes. And, and listen, every, you know, every morning I'm at the gym, you know, when I do go, but I was there today, you know, you get, it's channel 29. I'm streaming my Sirius XM, you know, <laughs> and they are a fantastic live band. And yes, you know, I'm, I'm a jam guy. So I do that and I try to get to as many shows as possible. But, you know, when I saw that, I was like, wow, that was like yeah. really peak uh, 2003 fish before then they went away and Trey got his act together. And now they're back rolling and they really are the mega band and playing the sphere you know, coming up in April. So that's oh, obviously wow. They're the second band to play. U2 is the first, uh, then them, and then, of course, Dead & Company is coming in May. And it happens to coincide with maybe, just maybe, an AEW pay-per-view back in Las oh, Vegas. Oh, so we'll okay. see how that plays out. Knock on wood. I'm hoping that's the case. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about Sting here. I'm looking forward to, you know, someone asked me on my show yesterday, what are you most looking forward to with Revolution this Sunday? I'm like, it's obviously Sting. Uh, I, I want to see what's going to happen. I'm a little nervous because he's been taking major bumps the last couple of years. He is 65 years old. I don't want it to be like the wrestler with Mickey Rourke where he's trying to die in the ring, you know? So, like, no. I, I do get a little bit nervous where I see what Sting is doing there. Uh, your your favorite version of Sting over the years is which? Well, I, I honestly, I mean, I, I really like the original Sting. And I, I just have a lot of personal history with him. It was 1989 or 1990. He had just started his first world title reign. And I was one of his first interviews while working at the Miami Herald. So he wasn't real comfortable talking with the media, but he was coerced into doing it. He's told, you know, there's a big time newspaper column. And I was a bit awestruck, to be quite honest with you. And through the years, I've interviewed him a lot more times. And I've gotten to know him as a friend. And I am just so impressed by what he's been able to accomplish, not only you know, in the ring, right? One of the greatest wrestlers. I thought that, you know, when Sting, you know, had the transformation, the NWO stuff and all that, he was an incredible babyface, a great anti-hero. He caught a vibe and he rode with it and continues to to this day. But just the, the person that he is, let's not forget when Ken Shamrock, as we all know, a legendary MMA fighter, pro wrestler, uh, Sting was working out at his gym and Ken didn't know he was a wrestler. Okay. It's about, it's about 20 years ago. And he only knew him as real estate Steve. Why is that? Because Steve Borden was awfully successful in his real estate career when he wasn't full-time in wrestling. And, you know, the one thing about him, too, he really did it his way. He had a lot of opportunities to leave, go to the WWE. It wasn't right for him at the time. He just didn't He didn't feel like he wanted to do it. Finally, he took the bait. The money was too good. He went up there. His career didn't end the way that he wanted it. And to his credit, Tony Khan is helping Sting go out on such a high note. And what I'm hoping is, and I do not know how this match is going to unfold, but I just hope that maybe, just maybe, we get a little bit of all the different stings through the eras. You know what I mean? Uh, Where maybe just at at some point, you know, something happens where, you know, sting goes from one sting to the other sting to the other sting, right? As we continue to see him grow. And, you know, and just that one last time you say goodbye to him, but he overcame so many challenges. You know, you know about his situation in the 90s, he had, had substance abuse issues, overcame that you know, born again, Christian, very deep and devout in his faith. I mean, it's someone who's always trying to lend a helping hand. I've seen him, you know, assist so many people and be so nice to so many different folks. Darby Allen wrote an incredible column this week yeah. at the Players' Tribune, where just raw, and that's what Darby is, right? 
and just explaining what Sting has meant to him and how selfless he was when those two were paired. Because I think Darby Allen, while he was a budding superstar, you know, initially in AEW, I really felt Sting took him to the next level. And with Sting's departure now, I still think Darby's going to be at a higher spot and I think going to grow even more. And I think a lot of that is due to the rub, so to speak, that he got from Sting. I was always a WWF kid growing up, but I knew of the, you know, NWA guys because I, I would always love picking up Pro Wrestling Illustrated in the, you know, 7-Eleven or whatever, because I loved seeing the rankings. I wanted to yes. see who was ranked where every month or whatever. And so I always knew of the guys like, oh, you know, I knew of Lex Luger. So I knew of Dusty Rhodes. Obviously, I knew of Ric Flair. And even though I wasn't watching them on a regular basis, I knew who they were because of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. And then, of course, when they would come over to WWF, it's like, oh, yeah, I know a little bit about this guy. And Sting, who, of course, never made his way to WWF back then, it was always like, I didn't get to see a ton of his stuff. But as a kid, I was knew like, oh, that's the that's the cool guy, you know, with the, with the hair and he's got the makeup, you know. So even on the periphery, as someone, as a kid who was not watching NWA, I always knew of Sting as like that really cool wrestler that everybody loves. You know, and you think about it too, back at the Clash of Champions 1 that, w, that WCW put on opposite WrestleMania. And this was the, when, you know, Jim Crockett Promotions and Vince McMahon were playing dirty with each other. You know, Vince McMahon was messing with the Crockett's, affecting how many shows they can get on pay-per-view, how many distributors they had, and basically helped cripple the company, quite honestly, through his shrewd business maneuverings. Well, in this case, WCW fired back. On the day of WrestleMania, they put on a free show on TBS, headlined by Sting against Ric Flair in Greensboro, in this very same building. The match was amazing. It was a 45-minute draw. It helped elevate Sting, much like Sting elevating Darby Allen. Kudos to Ric Flair for the way that he helped elevate Sting. Even though Sting didn't win the match, he was really the true winner because he pushed Ric Flair to the limit in this incredible match that we're still talking about to this day. So I think that was just such a, such a neat thing about Sting as well along the way. And if you ask me, what is your favorite Sting match? Even though he's had so many incredible ones through the years, I, I think back to that one, just because it, it just left such a permanent impression. It was at a time when you didn't get these types of matches on free TV. You know, things have changed so much now. Wrestling fans, I don't want to say they're spoiled because they're not, but there's so much product available. I mean, Zaslow, you and I would have never left the house had all of this technology existed, right? I mean, you think I used to trade tapes. I used to go to the post office. I would get tapes from Japan. I would get tapes from Calgary. Wow. I would go to Oregon. I mean, all these places to see different forms of pro wrestling. Now, yeah. it's it, worldwide, it's all available at your fingertips. And that's what's so amazing about it. And I'm just glad that this generation got to see Sting because we're I talking mean, 36 plus years here. This generation will never know what it was like back then to wait for the day that be it at, you know, pay less, pay less video or blockbuster video <laughs> the day, usually about a month or so later that, you know, uh Coliseum home video yep. would release the pay-per-view. Oh my God. Now I could finally watch it because who the hell knew how to order pay-per-view back then? It was so foreign you know and and what it was like to show up to the video store that day and pick up those shows like it was it's wild what it used to be like you know uh and finally i'll leave you with this uh alex do we do we know if if sting darby allen the young bucks is it going to be the main event on sunday night you have to i I mean i'm listening i'm not saying anything official but how could you do anything else anything else would be quite honestly a letdown even though this world title match coming up 
Samoa Joe, Hangman Adam Page, the Red Hot Swerve Strickland. I mean, you could tell me that that's going to main event, and, and I couldn't complain, but I just think that, you know, if we're going to send Sting off to me, if I'm the booker, and, and God, thank God we're not, but I'm just saying that would probably be the way to go. But I would think that that is probably the direction we're going in. Nothing has been declared official, and I don't want to speak on behalf of the company on that. But I would imagine that that's it could be quite the send off for one Steve Borden as he moves on to the next step in his life. Excellent job, as always, Alex. Again, this Sunday night, pay-per-view, 8 p.m., AEW Revolution, Sting's final match, retirement match. Uh, let everybody else know how they can hear you, of course, Sirius XM NFL Radio. Go ahead. A late hits, usually 7 o'clock Eastern time on weekdays, except on Wednesdays when I'm at AEW Dynamite. And then, of course, on the weekends as well, 2 to 6 p.m. Eastern time normally. Also, my Twitter, at Alex Marvez, has my, uh, for my uh, broadcasting schedule, if you will, for Sirius XM, and next week, obviously, Zaslow, the grind doesn't stop. we got franchise tags coming due. We're going to have a lot of roster movement as free agency inches ever closer. And, of course, fallout from the 2024 NFL Scouting Combine. Great job, Alex. Thanks a lot for catching up with us. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, Zaslow. Excellent job by Alex Marvez. Very big pro wrestling weekend. I am excited for that to cap off the weekend on Sunday. But in between now and then, you may be saying to yourself, Zaslow, I, I, I got to know, is it a big game or is it not a big game? Yes, that's right. Big game or not a big game every Friday. I'll let you know what you got to watch, what you don't got to watch. Let's get it started. Come on now. Tonight, Friday, 8 p.m., Fox, WWE SmackDown. That's right. As advertised for the next three Fridays, March 1, March 8, March 15, The Rock, Bloodline Rock, Hollywood Rock will be on the show. We're going to get the Bloodline. I would assume that means Roman Reigns will be on the show tonight as well. Apparently, Cody Rhodes said he's going to be on the show also tonight. I mean, I don't need to give you any more hype. That's all you need to know right there. Tonight, WWE SmackDown, that's a big game. Big game or not a big game. Saturday, 12 p.m., ESPN. Number 24, Florida Gators men's basketball team. At number 18, South Carolina. The, this is a big-time SEC matchup. Not only for seeding in the NCAA tournament, but seeding in the SEC tournament. The Gators are 10-5. In the conference, Carolina is 11-4. The Gators have been red hot. They're a sneaky team going into this NCAA tournament. I told you, we talked to Seth Greenberg the other night on Amber and Ian. He is very high on the Gators. So, Gators at Gamecocks? That's a big game. That's right. All right. Saturday, 4.30. Actually, I'm, I'm skipping something. I, I Excuse me. Saturday, 3 p.m. ABC, your Florida Panthers at the Detroit Red Wings. The Panthers have won nine of their last ten games. They just took all three games on this homestand. The Red Wings, on the other hand, have been red hot themselves. But still, at 72 points, are four back of top three in the Atlantic. 
Now, right now, as far as wild card goes, the Detroit Red Wings hold the top wild card spot, all right? So they are currently in a playoff position. This is going to be a very difficult road game for the Panthers, who, of course, are tied for first the entire National Hockey League, and the game is on ABC. You're going to get Sergei Bobrovsky back in net. Panthers at Red Wings, that's a big game. Know it. All right, everybody calm down. Saturday, 4.30, Apple Plus, Orlando City at Inter Miami. That's right, at the at Chase Stadium. Yep, it's not called Dry Pink Stadium anymore. It's Chase Stadium, and we know it's a big rivalry. Orlando City start to this season, they are 0-0. And one. They've only played one match so far. Excuse me. Oh, oh, and one. They have a draw. They've only played one match so far. Inter Miami is sitting atop the table right now. They are one, oh, and one with four points. They, they're one of just two teams in the entire MLS, including Real Salt Lake City, who have played two games so far. So a big time early season rivalry match. Messi. We know that place is going to be packed. Everybody loves Messi. You know, I'm an inaugural season ticket holder. I'm not going. I sold my tickets. You got, I got to make this money back. They're very expensive tickets. I sold those tickets for a pretty penny. So, I mean, come on. Uh, very soon, By the end of the season, if I saw all the games, I'm going to be like Scrooge McDuck jumping into that big pile of cash. We'll see about that. I'll give you updates. Tomorrow, Orlando City at Inter-Miami. That's a big game. Yeah. Can Inter-Miami and Messi stay undefeated? Why not? That's a big game. Saturday, 5 p.m., Bally Sports Sun. It's a very big sports day tomorrow. You got Panthers. You got Inter-Miami. You got your Miami Heat at the Utah Jazz. That's right. The Heat, they dropped to eighth in the East with yesterday's loss, even though everybody feels really good about the Heat. The Jazz, it's been struggle city. They've lost seven of their last ten games. They're six under 500. They are six back in the loss column of the final playing spot. This is a lottery team. Heat at Jazz. That's a big game. Yup, can the Heat keep this thing going? I'm going big. I almost said not a big game. I'm going big game. I'm going out on a limb. Finally, Sunday, 8 p.m., pay-per-view. We just spoke to Alex Marvez, AEW Revolution. That's right. Sting's retirement match. You gotta figure it goes on last that it'll be the main event. Sting and Darby Allen against the Young Bucks defending their tag team titles. I expect them to lose the titles to the Young Bucks. You also got, uh, what's his name? Uh, Takeshita. Konosuke Takeshita against Will Ospreay, which you know is gonna be a great match. You got this huge, lat- like an eight-man ladder match that's going on with a bunch of meaty men. Anyway, it's all about Sting and how his career is going to end on Sunday night. I haven't said this in a long time for AEW, but AEW Revolution, that's a big game. And that right there is another edition of Big Game or Not a Big Game. Yes! All right. Yeah. If this was included in Big Game or Not, like if I were to say to you, are the deals at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru a big game or not a big game? Everyone unanimously would say, yeah, that's a big game. Because right now at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, 
You can make zero down payment, make zero payments for three months, and make zero security deposit. That's right. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, official car dealership of Zaslow Show 2.0, they promise to provide the customer an exceptional experience at their brand new state-of-the-art facility. It's on North Andrews Avenue. It's that beautiful building. You can see it from I-95 at the Cypress Creek Road exit. At an extensive new and pre-owned Subaru inventory, plus used cars, trucks, SUVs of every make and model. You're sure to find your next vehicle at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Plus, all new Subarus and most pre-owned vehicles come with a lifetime warranty so you know that you're covered. Right now, you can search the entire inventory from the comfort of your own home when you go to nflsubaru.com. That's nflsubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, the location you know with an experience you'll love. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So we were all watching TNT last night. And before the Heat game started, got the NBA on TNT crew. Adam Lefko in top Jew in for Ernie Johnson with Shaq and Kenny Smith and Charles. And how about this? We learned that Charles is now on Instagram. He's clueless with social media. He's never done any social media. And Shaq would give him some advice. And every time you send out a uh, send out a picture, you got a hashtag OnlyFans. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, do not you know what OnlyFans? Whatever no, picture you send out, just hashtag OnlyFans. No, no, only. listen to it. For OnlyFans of mine? No, no, yes. no, yes. no. Listen to him. <laughs> do not listen to this. Uh, no, OnlyFans is. A, I'm not even explaining this on my. Yeah, I'm. I'm going big deal. I mean, Shaq suggesting OnlyFans is a very funny joke. Charles, you could see, not suggesting OnlyFans, but suggesting, you know, make sure you hashtag OnlyFans. And Charles, if you could see the look on his face, did not have a clue. Oh, that's for only my fans? Did not have a clue. I was cackling watching it last night. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So Victor Wembanyama had the big game last night. Head-to-head, Chet Holmgren. Spurs beat the Thunder. And Wembanyama, look, He's getting used to, he's getting used to, I guess, the culture here in the States as opposed to France. And one of the things that he's getting used to is the type of language he's allowed to use and not allowed to use. I'm going not a big deal because you know what my biggest takeaway from that is actually? It's how uptight we are about certain things, especially language in this country. Like, I miss this shit. That's supposed to offend people? Who cares? I'm going not a big deal. And finally, big deal or not a big deal, how about yesterday, the star of FS1 speaks, Joy Taylor. We know how great Joy is. Here's Joy yesterday on a most recent conference. Well, Draymond Green was the one who came out and said, Jason Tatum, he's never going to win MVP until he wins a ring. Yeah, Tatum's never received a first place vote in MVP voting. Let's go back through the MVPs over the past seven years. Embiid last year, you were taking it from him. He finished fourth, Tatum did. Jokic, he finished sixth the year that Jokic won his second in his back-to-back years. Jokic won it again. Giannis, Tatum finished 12th that year. 
Giannis, James Harden. Which of those MVPs are you taking away from those men and giving it to Jason Tatum? None. And it's not because Jason Tatum doesn't have a championship. It's because what Emmanuel just said. He has never played at a level that has felt like the most dominant, undisputed best player in the league. I also think that him playing alongside Jalen Brown probably hurts him in some ways, that we consider them to be a duo that plays a lot off of each other. But the bottom line for me is I'm looking over these MVPs, which one of them was he robbed of? I I don't feel like any of them. And all of those men who won them in those years either did over-the-top spectacular things or were just so dominant that it really wasn't much of a conversation about who was going to win it. Was it Jokic or was it Embiid? Is it Embiid or is it Jokic? When we watch with our eyeballs them play the sport, when we watch Giannis, he's taking over Mm. games single-handedly. He is the catalyst for them winning. He's the most dominant player in the league. So I agree that it may help if he had a championship when we talk about these MVP conversations, but looking back on the MVPs just over the past seven years, there's not one of them that I would say Jason Tatum would have won it if he had had a championship in those years. I'm going not a big deal. Jason Tatum absolutely does not have to win a ring in order to get MVP. You look at guys who won MVPs before getting a ring. Uh, You had Giannis, you had Jokic twice, Yet Embiid, that has nothing to do with it. I love it. some of these players, these new media guys like Draymond Green. They think they know, they, they think they don't know shit about fuck. There is no reason that Jason Tatum should have gotten any kind of MVP over these last few years. Not even close, not a big deal. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. Yes, we did it, everybody. We made it to the weekend. Here's what I got going on tonight. ESPN Radio, 7 to 10 p.m. We're also doing game day tomorrow on ESPN Radio from 3 to 5 p.m. And then I'm doing best week ever Sunday morning from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. So we got nighttime tonight. We got afternoon tomorrow. We got early morning Sunday. A lot going on. I hope you guys hang out with me. Of course, I love you the most for listening to Zaslow Show 2.0. Thanks to everybody behind the scenes who all put together great shows this week. I can never do this show without all of your help and hard work. Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. We'll talk to you on Monday on Saslow Show 2.0. You know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.